Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Molly. Molly, lots to get to this week. So much. The Royals are back at it, all of them. What an exciting week. All right, well, let's get to our Royal Roundup, and we have to kick it off with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's trip to New York City. They were here for four days. Uh, They visited uh, the World Trade Center Observatory. They went to Harlem. She read her book. They went to the Global Citizens Festival. They kind of did a lot in a short amount of time. I mean, why do you think they chose this trip as their first joint appearance since the birth of their daughter? It seems like a lot of different events coincided that and made this the perfect trip for them. You know, they were promoting Global Citizen Live. They were speaking at the concert, which was in Central Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just came off of the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, which they were able to pay tribute to. Uh, it just seemed like, you know, it, it everything, all the stars aligned. And yeah. Megan has blogged in the TIG about how much she loves New York. And she had her baby shower there. I was going to so, say, that was probably the last time that she was in New York was, uh, you know, almost three years ago at this point. So it's been, it's definitely been a minute. And I don't think Harry has been here since 2013. So it's been quite a, quite a long time since both of them have been back in the city. Right. And I think New York just has that little bit of seriousness mm-hmm. that L.A. doesn't have. No offense to anyone from L.A. who's in the comments because, you know, it just adds a little extra, uh, you know, businessy oomph to their activities. I think that was probably part of that was probably a branding call for them, too. Totally. Yeah. And then they, like I said, they visited a school in Harlem, PS 123. They surprised these children. Megan read her book aloud for the very first time, which she said, she's like, this is the first time I've uh, read my book to, uh, to any children other than Archie and uh, her daughter. So definitely a very cool experience for them. They had such a varied itinerary the whole time mm-hmm. that they were there. They definitely got to make all the important stops um, and it looked like it was a great trip. Yeah, and Harry tried chicken and waffles for the first time, so good for him. <laughs> How could it be the first time? It's crazy. So there good. are chicken and waffle restaurants in London. Um, it's sort of become a trendy-ish thing. So yeah, I was very surprised by that. Very surprised. Well, they ended their trip, like we said, at the Global Citizens Festival with a speech encouraging worldwide access to the COVID-19 vaccine. Take a look at this. Since this pandemic began, we've been talking to the experts about how we can do our part. This week, we sat with independent growth health leaders to further understand 
how we get closer to vaccine equity and ending this health crisis. But we're battling more than the virus alone. This is a battle of misinformation, bureaucracy, lack of transparency, and lack of access. And above all, this is a human rights crisis. Every single person on this planet has a fundamental right to get this vaccine. That's the point, but that's not happening. And while in this country and many others, you can go almost anywhere and get vaccinated, billions of people around the world cannot. This year, the world's expected to produce enough doses to meet the target of vaccinating 70% of people in every single country. But it is wrong that so much of the vaccine supply has only gone to just 10 wealthy nations so far and not everyone else. It's just not okay. So yeah, it seems like this is definitely something that they are putting a lot of effort behind to make the vaccine accessible to everybody worldwide, no matter where you live and um, your status and everything like that. Yeah, they've been banging this drum for a while. And one thing that I personally really appreciated about this speech is that they specifically called out pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. and they specifically explained what the issues are behind people who are unable to access the vaccines all around the world. And I think that's something that they couldn't have done if they were still royals because mm -hmm. it would be seen as political and controversial. So it's good to see that they are taking advantage of their new their new life in a way that extends beyond, you know, media deals. Right. It's, it's more like actually trying to kind of make a difference and influence people mm -hmm. to to make a change in the way that we're doing things. So that was cool to see. It was definitely cool to see. And it seems like the crowd was really behind them. You know, New York crowd can definitely be difficult at times. And there was no booing going on. There was a lot of cheers. You know, when he said, you know, me and my wife are, you know, behind this uh, movement, everybody was cheering for them and things like that. So it seems like the crowd was definitely very welcoming. And this was kind of cool. She also gave a nod to Princess Diana in her fashion choices, right? Yes. So this was uh, a very on the nose reference, I would, if, I would say, if I'm allowed to say that i don't know she carried the lady d light bag which is dior it used to be called the shushu bag and they changed it to the lady dior when diana was seen carrying it mm -hmm. um, and this is a spin-off of that bag so it's the lady d light and she not only had that diana inspired bag but she also had a duchess of sussex monogram um, on the bag which was dssos which is a lot of letters. I, I'm assuming that this was probably a gift from someone or a gift from Dior. Um, and yeah, it was definitely a nod to to her late mother-in-law. And yeah, there were a lot of nods to her. They stayed at the Carlisle, which was Diana's favorite hotel. There were a lot of outfits that looked kind of similar. There was the camel coat over the black. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this was definitely a very Diana-inspired trip, I would say. I feel like now now that you know COVID restrictions and things like that are lifting a little bit, I think that we're going to see a lot more of Harry and Meghan making these more public appearances rather than just you know kind of sitting behind the Zoom. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be good to see them out and about doing, you know, real things. It's been so frustrating for all of us for so long. And this is just another step back to being relatively normal. So it's great. Totally. And speaking of getting out and about, the Royals uh, made a very glamorous uh, outing at the premiere of the new James Bond flick. And I have to say they all looked absolutely fantastic. 
Yes, it's so good to see them on a red carpet again. Mm -hmm. It's been so long. And, you know, it's cool to see them at a movie premiere. That doesn't happen very often. And when it does, it's usually James Bond because... You know, we all know James Bond is like a British cultural icon mm -hmm. um, in London on the night of the premiere. Pretty much every movie theater is playing the James Bond movie every 20 minutes. It's huge. Amazing. It's like the only thing you can go and see whenever it premieres. So it's cool to see them kind of taking, keeping going with this tradition of supporting the, the film industry. Sure, yeah. And this film has been delayed for quite some time because of COVID. And at the red carpet, they um, asked healthcare workers to come so they could thank them and have a good night out as well. So definitely pretty cool for all the healthcare workers to be rubbing elbows with the Royals and Daniel Craig. I, that sounds like a pretty good night to me. <laughs> I know. So great. Again, after such a long time of having nothing fun, it's such a breath of fresh air. Totally. Uh, now, before Kate went super glam for the red carpet, she showed off her sporty side, which she tends to do with 18-year-old British champ Emma Raducanu. This was so cool. They were kind of playing doubles together with um, a, a few other tennis champs as well. Yeah, this was awesome. So they headed over to the Lawn Tennis Association, and not only did Kate play doubles with Emma, but she also, apparently she did really well. Yeah. Um, the, all of the tennis pros spoke very highly of her skills. Mm -hmm. uh, and she also got to meet some of the younger tennis players and sort of talk to them, encourage them to keep playing tennis. I, I think that and her little tennis outfit was adorable too. <laughs> I know. She always sets the tone for <laughs> athletic clothing. She, she really does. With she really uh, does. And earlier that week, she hopped on a bike with cadets as well. So she's definitely... Um, getting, like we said, getting back in the swing of things. She loves uh, sports and competing. So this is definitely right up her alley. Yeah, she went abseiling, mountain biking, and tennis within like a couple days of each other. I mean, wow. Good for Kate. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, Prince William is definitely keeping himself really busy as well. He is taking his Earthshot passion to the small screen. He is doing a five-part series that showcases the five Earthshot challenges facing the planet, as well as highlighting the work of the remarkable 15 prize finalists and their groundbreaking solutions to the greatest environmental challenges. Now it looks past problems that we face onto the solution spotlighting what we have to do to save our planet. So who is uh, William teaming up with this in this series? He has got a roster of all-stars to, mm -hmm. to help him out with this. He's got David Attenborough, Shakira, and so many other people who are more like science related. Mm -hmm. There is, it's, he's, he's in great company, I would yeah. say. This episode is brought to you by Apostrophe. Are you like me, someone who has spent a lot of money on a cabinet full of skin treatments but has no idea what half of them do? Well, Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll be treated right away, and your medications will be delivered to your home so you won't have to leave your house. It's truly amazing. And one thing I really like about Apostrophe is their packaging. The unboxing experience is fantastic. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash royallyus when you use our code royallyus. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash royallyus and click begin visit. Then use our code royallyus at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash royallyus and use that code royallyus to get your dermatology visit and save $15. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast.
It seems like maybe he's kind of taking a page out of Harry's book as well. You know, Harry has this whole Netflix deal and now maybe William's going to maybe do a big Discovery Plus deal as well. I know. I don't know if he's going to be revealing any family no. secrets. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not going to be as juicy as Harry and Meghan's, but um, definitely be educational and, um, you know, helpful to the environment. As we know, that is such a huge passion of, of Prince William's. Right. And I love how it's solution focused because it's like we all know the problems by now and it's so depressing to talk about the problems. But when you talk about the solutions, it really it, it just seems a little bit more productive and less depressing. <laughs> no, totally, totally. And and Prince Charles is also kind of getting on this train as well. He has inked a deal with Amazon Prime to raise awareness about climate change and basically starting a whole new kind of channel to talk about climate change as well. Right. This is really interesting. It's going to be called RE-TV, R-E-TV. And apparently it's highly, highlighting projects from all over the world that Prince Charles will be choosing with the aim of promoting a more environmentally friendly planet. So it's going to have old films, new films, everything from sustainable fashion to, you know, production of coffee and different things like that. So manufacturing, it's going to hit all different um Bases, so it yeah. sounds really interesting. It does sound really interesting. Yeah, so they're definitely doing their part in getting the word out about climate change. So let's move on and spill some royal tea because it appears that Harry and Meghan have been filming their trip to New York and some are speculating that this could be for a documentary, possibly for Netflix. You know, he was seen with a wire pack in his pocket, um, in his jacket and things like that. So of course, a lot of people are wondering what this could be for. Right. It's so funny because there was a lot of chatter around Megan bundling up a lot in the New York heat. And right, it was not, like, not cold. <laughs> right. And I think it was to cover the microphone wire, probably. Mm -hmm. Right. Probably. So, so there's one case closed. But um, yeah, so they apparently the word on the street is that they are filming their Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm which would be very interesting. I'm all for it. You know, it's like the next thing, Keeping Up with the Kardashians is done. Now we got Keeping Up with Harry and Meghan. So <laughs> who knows if it'll be like that, but we did see uh, their videographer. They were kind of snapped. So he, they definitely brought their own crew with them. And it seems like they're definitely filming something. What the context will be and if it's going to be more, you know, work related, like William's docuseries about uh, the environment, or if this is going to be more personal or a mix of both as you have to be determined. Yeah, either way, uh, I can't wait to see it because oh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of very interesting revelations. Totally, totally. All right. And speaking of interesting revelations, uh, royal expert Andrew Morton is claiming that Prince William's alleged bullying is what forced Harry and Meghan out of the royal family in the re-release of his book, Meghan, a Hollywood Princess. Now, we knew that, you know, obviously Harry and Meghan have spoken out about the bullying allegations in the past. Um, some royal staffers came forward accusing Meghan of bullying. So he's kind of saying that um, this is, was kind of maybe one of the straws that broke the camel's back. Yeah, this is really interesting because, like you said, it goes against, you know, the, the narrative that Megan has allegedly bullied staff members. I think with both of these situations, I just want to know more details. Like, what is bullying in this right. case? You know, because we just keep hearing this same word over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, it's hard to tell what the truth is and you know harry and william issued a statement back when these allegations first surfaced um in january 2020 where they both denied it completely. Right. Mm -hmm. so that was even before all of the you know 
everything sort of hit the fan even worse than it had before. So they've both denied it. So I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. It's very, like, like you said, it's like kind of a murky situation. Like what, what is the definition of bullying to them? Like, and it seems like this may have happened on both sides. We don't really know. And I don't know. I don't think that this that was the one instance uh, that made them leave the Royal family. I think there was definitely so many different factors that went into this. Maybe this was a small portion, but Andrew Morton is definitely a highly acclaimed uh, Royal expert. He has uh, written books with Princess Diana and things like that. He is close with the family. So it seems like he has uh, his finger on the pulse and with a lot of things that go on. So I don't know. I kind of maybe believe it coming from him. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a tough one. And like you said, yeah, he's very trustworthy. So who knows? I know. Well, to give give us a little bit more insight on this, let's bring in um, managing editor of Majesty Magazine, Joe Little, to help us break down all of these royal rules. So Molly and I were just chatting about Andrew Morton's claim that William's alleged bullying is maybe one of the reasons that Harry and Meghan were left the royal family. I mean, what is your take on that? And did you hear the same thing? Well, I, I didn't, but I mean, I, I have heard it subsequently, but I, I think we have to be careful that um, there are so many rumours and counter rumours and, and there have been for such a long time now that um, uh, no one, I think, really knows the, the truth, you know, only William and Harry and, and their spouses. So I, I think we have to be careful with what we believe and who we believe, you know, that uh, there's a lot of um, mischief being made in the media um, really since all this uh, came about. So, um Bullying, I mean, you you would like to think it's not true, but, you know, I suppose people's perceptions of bullying are are rather different anyway. So I I think we need to give all the the parties the benefit of the doubt and assume that, that no, there wasn't bullying and and that if... um, if that, that was the impression they gave, then it was it was a, a misrepresentation of, of really what they intended. So in your latest issue of Majesty magazine, you say that Kate is a team player in public and private. So we do. We were wondering, how do you think the Queen's view of Kate has changed over the years? Well, again, that's sort of a speculation and conjecture, but you, you would kind of think that the Queen very much regards Kate as um or Catherine, perhaps I should call her, as, as a safe pair of hands. You know, that um, she's been a member of the Royal Family for 10 years now. The, the 10th anniversary was back in April. Um, but she was very much on the scene for quite a few years prior to that because, um, as uh, was well documented, Kate and William were living together for quite some time, which in itself was, was quite revolutionary. So, um, you know, I, I think given that all that's gone on in, in the past few years within the Royal Family in terms of all the the fallouts and the, the the debacle with the Duke of York and then the death of the Duke of Edinburgh, that um, the, the the Queen has great trust in in Kate. And um, only a few years ago, she gave her um, what's called the Royal Family Order. It's it's something that's only given to, to the female members of the Royal Family who have been around for quite some time and are deemed to be... Um, of, of great support to the Queen. So not every member, not every female member of the Royal Family has got it, but, but Kate now has. So, so I would say that um, uh, the Queen has, has great trust in um, the future Prince and Princess of Wales, as William and, and Catherine will be one day. And, you know, in the fullness of time, all being well, fingers crossed, um, King William I and Queen Catherine. So, so you know, it, it seems safe to assume that the Queen... Regards uh, this couple as very much the the future of the the British monarchy in the 21st century. 
Yeah. You know, how did Kate have to prove herself over the years and what makes her such a great team player? I think the fact that she um, took things very gradually in, in the past, um, when certainly when, when Diana came on the scene, that she um, either threw herself or was thrown into raw duties immediately and with, with mixed success, you know, that there was no real template and things went well. Sometimes they went very badly at times. So so I think a lot of lessons were learned from from then. And um, so Kate was very gradual. She She appeared occasionally. But for the first few years, was really um, William's wife rather than a working member of the royal family. So, so she she was then selective in the duties that she took on and the charities that she became associated with. And we now see her performing to to a very high standard with the charities that mean so much to her. You alluded before to the fact that William and Catherine lived together before marriage, which was revolutionary mm. at the time. Are there any other ways that Catherine has tried to bend the rules, sort of like the way Meghan did? Well, you know, bend the rules. I mean, having said that that was revolutionary, William's uncle Edwards, um, the, the Earl of Wessex, um, also lived with his now wife for, for quite some time. And as children of the, the Queen, that in itself was quite something because we were talking um, in the 1990s when things were very different to, to how they are now. But, um, you know, in, in terms of bending the rules, well, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. But the, the, the modern royal family has to evolve. It has to keep it changing to be relevant in the 21st century. So that means that the, the, the rules change and the goalposts move slightly so that um, they they make sense and mean something in, in the modern age. So, um, you know, the things have progressed. The, the, the Queen is very much um, uh, a mover and a shaker. She um, adheres to tradition, but she can understand that things can't be kept exactly as they were and so that things need to move on and things done in a, a different, more relaxed, less formal way. And, and that's what the modern royals, William, Catherine, Harry, Meghan, um, have, have proved to be so successful. Now, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And Duchess Megan actually gave a rare update on her daughter, Lilibet, while in New York, right? Very small. Very yes. Small <laughs> Very short update. Someone said, Megan, how's Lilibet? And she said, she's beautiful. So there you have it. There you have it. Big update, breaking news. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it seems like she's doing, she looks fantastic too. I mean, her style choices were great during this trip too. I loved it. Yeah, really fun to see her back in, back again and in, you know, her suiting apparel. She loves a menswear inspired look, which is mm -hmm. really fun. So it was great to see. Definitely. And I love this story. It seems like royals are just like us. Um, there's a report that Kate William and the kids enjoyed lunch at a pub in Norfolk. Definitely de just like us. Yeah, they had like burgers and chips, mm -hmm. not even like gluten free or anything, just a straight up pub grub um, <laughs> at, a, at a beer garden this past Saturday. Um, apparently their dog was there sniffing around. Uh, it just sounds like they were the, the people that saw them said they were very down to earth. Mm -hmm. And it just sounds like a great little afternoon. It definitely does. I love that so much. All right, Molly. Well, thank you so much for running down all things Royals with me as always. <laughs> 